0: Landline radio, landline radio, energy, no filter.
1: Oh yeah. Okay, very excited to be joined here. We're, we're on Zoom because you're in Juno with uh, Shoshana Gungerstein, not Steen.
0: Yes, yes, Gungerstein, <laughs> a gun and a Stein, a beer Stein, a cold one. Two
1: things that are cool, but you probably don't want to mix, right?
0: exactly you don't want to mix them we know how to do it right well, here it could be fun though you know if you're
1: you know, you're <laughs> no no
0: no never fun <laughs> you could not even we can't do that ever Okay. So, and you know what we're exemplary because we know how to handle our guns and our alcohol here in, in the Upper one well, so, so uh, the lower 48 can learn not everybody but most
1: most people all right so you're running for the u.s senate and uh, we're doing this on yes. zoom here we're on, we're on the uh we're you know, on video but we're recording the audio for the podcast and you're in Juneau, and you're running for the u.s senate so I actually know a lot about Juno. If You know who I am. You know I go to Juno every year for the session for the last four years, so I've been down there quite a bit. Yeah, four years.
0: No, your coverage is legendary. I, I think you know. Legend- people... Wow,
1: it's a word. <laughs> big word.
0: No, it is. You're 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 very famous. So, you know, you probably spend time. Do you like it?
1: Uh, I like Juno. I mean, Juno. There's there's a a book you should read if you haven't if you've ever read um, Going to Extremes by. Um, Joe McGinnis, he wrote he was here in the 70s for a couple of years traveling around and pipe, pipeline oil boom and all that. And, and he he said something about Juno that Juno's is the kind of place where if you spend a week in the summer, you'll want to stay there for the rest of your life. But if you spend a, a week in the winter, you'll you'll give up a year of your life to, to just get out for a weekend. <laughs>
0: oh i'll have to politely disagree i'm a year-round juno kind of gal and i know many friends here who love it
1: because i mean i like juno but you just it's like you're trapped and it's the mountains there and it's dark and it's just there's not
0: you know some of us like it we like being landlocked sometimes you know and there there's something and also for the for the sessions you got to see something when you're landlocked you get things done you know you have nowhere to go you can get out
1: i'm not sure they always get things done
0: better figure this out (laughs)
1: So you're not from Alaska. You're now. You we'll talk about this more um, later. You're running for the U.S. Senate. You're one of 19 candidates, but um, and I haven't really heard of you until recently. And now I, I keep seeing your signs in Anchorage. Your, your small signs popping up around on yes. near my office here on Tudor. There's um, your Tudor and the highway. There's a whole bunch of Shoshana signs and. In a row.
0: Oh wow! I'm so glad there. you're spotting them. You know they're they're wonderful. I love my logo, and we our team did such a great job coming up with it. So I'm very excited um, about the signs. So you're, being not, put you're around. Not,
1: you're not from Alaska. So what's you, tell me a little bit about your background and and why you moved to juno of all places. well that's kind of a, I'm random... a proud
0: alaskan now but like half the state i moved here i've been coming since i was little um uh, you know summers fishing and all but i moved here as an adult and i spent formative years in utah and uh there were other places that i've traveled and lived in you, but so I, the I, one place
1: so we talked about this before you're jewish so so i, I gotta say a jew in utah must have been interesting with very mormon yeah Yes.
0: You know, I mean, I culturally obviously identify a lot with uh, the Jewish traditions and I'm also Jewish, uh, but being, being a person, you know, Jewish or not in Utah is interesting, you know, it's a, it's a unique culture, but What's more interesting is how amazing my life is and has been since I've been living here in Juneau and here in Alaska. I think nothing compares nowhere else, nowhere else comes even close to being Alaska. In-
1: so, did you move there for work or just on a whim? Why oh, no,
0: my family lived there. We lived there. Oh, in Juneau, yeah. Oh, in Juneau, I moved here just because I love this place. I kept coming back in. You know, and there's no other place that has everything that I look for in terms of landscape, the culture, the people, the whole, the whole deal. And you know, I kept coming judo, back huh? over and over. You yeah, judo. I really do. I'm, I'm a huge ambassador for it, <laughs> you know, if you haven't noticed. But, yeah, I just kept coming back and I was like, I might as well just live here and, you know. Um, and I travel for work sometimes, and I, you know, in the renewable energy industry, there was a lot of travel all over. But so, so what I do kept you? Resonant.
1: I saw on your on your website, you know, you're 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 a lawyer, and you're involved in some entrepreneurial stuff. So, what what, what would you say? If I said, "What do you do?" What, what's your what's your what would you say?
0: So. I do a couple of different things. So I've invested in a lot of different technologies and projects and companies and primarily in the renewable and clean tech space. And uh, I've right. also done, yeah, finance for different po- projects as a job and uh, I've consulted for many different companies for in the renewable energy industry. Um, you know that's been the main thing. but I've also taught in uh, healthcare, law which is uh, legal ethics for healthcare professionals and strategic planning so just a couple of different things in different areas over time
1: so when you say investing you're invest- um, you're investing your own money or you're kind of working with a fund or how, how are
0: you oh no of- my personal money i i'm an angel investor and uh i do a lot of seed funding
1: wow look at, look at you yeah yeah me.
0: and i mean i've been you know like they've been trying to convince me to get into venture you know, capital funding, but I do like picking my projects and really advocating for for uh, amazing technologies and people, because sometimes you just invest in people and they bring such great ideas, they bring them to fruition that you end up, you know, really getting behind those things. And I think Alaska has a great breed of entrepreneurs. We are, we can be the startup state, we can be the renewable state, you know, essentially like a Silicon Valley, That's the vision that I see for our state. Where'd you go to to law school? Yeah, Whittier Law School in Southern California, down south. We don't have a law school in our state here. We don't have a medical school or an architecture school. There's, many of our listeners don't realize that, that we don't have these academic institutions that are much needed. Heck, we need a nursing school too, because many wanna go and learn and serve our communities here. And uh healthcare access is a huge issue. I mean
1: UA has, UA has a nursing program, but yeah, you're right. There's no medical, there's whammy, which has been around for a while, and then there's no law school. And there's been, you know, over the years different people have talked about, you know, setting that up and, and obviously it's a small population, but it is it is hard. A lot of Alaskans do go down to lower forty-eight for law school or medical school, and, and some do come back. But you know, in the past, a long time ago, um, we had this kind of yeah. student loan forgiveness um for certain People who work in the you know public sector for so many years, and there's still a little bit of that, but it's way been it's it's been way scaled back. So um, we do lose people, and uh, we don't recruit you know we do. people to come up here for for programs if we if we had them. But it's challenging with the population and um the state. But you're you're right. I mean, there's no medical school or law school, which is I think we're the, we're the only state without either one.
0: I think so, and you know, like you said, the whammy is a great program, but I think it's time we we invest in. In our own programs where, you know, our our students don't have to leave as a matter of need, but as a matter of choice if they want to explore another place, but they shouldn't have to because they don't have the opportunities here. And not just that, we could have vocational training, a lot more vocational training. People don't have to go the traditional academic route. They can pursue training in areas that they want, and uh, we can also translate that into increasing manufacturing in the state. because vocational training is a great area that we should be focusing. Yeah. I mean, there's, Av- Te- Te- there's
1: avtech, but you're, I mean, and there's obviously obvious labor unions doing a lot of, of that and um, you know, apprenticeships, but it's, it's, it's a big, big issue that's been you know front and center in the last several, several years, decade, the cost of tuition for, for college, unquote college. And a lot of people graduate yeah. with these liberal arts degrees or, you know, like I have a bachelor of arts and history and economics. And I'm happy I got, oh, wow! I mean, it was really, Borrowing money for that and student loans wasn't really practical. And, you know, you can, you can borrow money, go to school, go to college, get a four year degree and really not have any usable skill to make money. Or you can go to a, you know, a vocational school or a training program or a labor apprenticeship. And, you know, I have a friend who he actually has a degree in mechanical engineering and he's really smart, but he didn't like being in the office and he, he went to, to do his, uh, he's a journeyman now in the plumbers and pipe fitters and he's, he's making a lot of money.
0: Oh, wow. Even though he has a four year degree, he just decided
1: he wanted to do that. So there's people who who have no formal education who are in the trades and they can make really, really good money and not be burdened with a lot of debt getting, getting out of school.
0: Absolutely. I can get behind that because we need to be able to invest in our prosperity and our growth as soon as we want, as opposed to taking traditional routes that take so long to get us there. And our state affords that kind of workforce because we have very hardworking, very intelligent people. And we need to be just geared for success. And uh, getting those things done is something that we should all get behind as soon as we can. You know, it's not a, it's not an immediate switch, obviously, right? We have to work towards it, but there, there are good intentions and we have to have people like myself who can get behind these ideas and make it happen because there's no point in hindering the sharp business growth that we can have that will improve our quality of life here and this affects our bottom line immensely right for a state for an individual and for our collective growth so this bottom line cannot be hindered too long and you know young people you know like ourselves they come to the state you know they leave they come back they leave it's it's a process but I've seen a lot of exodus recently, you know, people just on a whim leaving everything and getting on a plane and getting out. And when you ask them why, and I meet a lot of people and I've had volunteers who've been helping out and, and it's heartbreaking when they say, I don't see a future for myself in the state or when when they're working for jobs and they're not making enough money to, five basic things that they need, you know, to get on by. And that really gets to me uh, as a person. And we should all be afforded the opportunities of growth and no one should get left behind and living here should be a matter of pride and choice and, Where, you know, when I have friends who moved here, um, you know, over the years, entrepreneurs who started great businesses. And the reason they chose to move here from Utah, Colorado, California, or back east is because Alaska represented a place where we wouldn't be touched by recession. We were going to be that one state that would have been recession proof. But, you know, all these years later, look where we're at you know, we're not, we're not even close to being proof. And one of the strongest things that I'm advocating for is to have the economic policies that lower, not only lower core inflation and current inflation, but we make sure we have measures in place that Alaska will not have to deal with the recession, like the lower 48 ever. We have the resources to supplement our income and our growth, and we shouldn't compromise that at all. And, um, you know i'm not i'm independent nonpartisan. i'm not i'm not towing any party lines or or any special interests so for me it's all about what alaska needs listening to our constituents and making sure that every voice is heard and well, i wish and i mean i wish i was that wish,
1: i wish i was that's that's kind of easier said than done if you look at the history of, of the oil and you know industry and the price of oil and i mean we've seen this in the 80s there was a big you know, recession because of the price of oil yeah. crashing. And then we saw that in the you know 2000s. And we got in both cases, you know, we got bailed out with high prices In the 90s. The price went up with the Gulf War. And then in 2008, nine, after this big, you know, it's interesting. Alaska, when the lower 48 suffers, we t- tend to be the opposite. So 2008, nine housing mm-hmm. crisis, things were horrible. And, and you know, they, they, they weren't great here either, but the price of oil shot up and you know there's a huge windfall and the money just poured in so we're having these big big huge surpluses and massive budgets in alaska and then then later when things improve in the, in the lower 48 you know the price of oil goes down and then we get hurt and and we saw that with kind of 2014 the price of oil when walker won 15 16 17 you know it was down for really low and then we saw COVID; it was zero negative and and we were pretty much out of money and then now prices are back up again and we, we get bailed out again so now there's Recession happening in the country. There's been two quarters of gro- negative growth, but but now we have $110 oil, and yeah, you know we're dividends way bigger than most people thought it was going to be. So it's it, it's interesting, kind of the inverse relationship of of price of oil in, in Alaska, and then the lower 48, and, and what's happening economically when when yeah, and
0: you made a really. Astute observation there. And, you know, we also have these unused natural gas resources too, right? Great, great plants that we can bring gas to market and grow that. And we're responsibly not tapping into it as much as we should. And if you look at internationally um, countries like Germany and see the crisis that they're facing right now, and, you know, we, we want to position ourselves in the state and being able to tap into that resource where transportation, we don't have to worry about building that pipeline and spending billions of dollars. But if we can make sure that we're tapping in with the wellhead values and making sure that the depreciation values are factored into, and uh, we can necessarily get, well, I think we that. should, I think we yeah. should
1: be building. I mean. I, Right now we see with Russia and gas supplies in Europe and even Asia. Um, yeah. We've been talking about this gas line for 50 years. It, it, at the minimum, I think the state should be building the gas line to Fairbanks, which, which yeah. gets it started, gets it, you know, you know, some somewhat of the way there, not quite halfway. But then, you know, you, you create a situation where, where the, the the energy in Fairbanks is cleaner. You know, there's not going to be and cheaper but there's not going to be this yeah. kind of inversion problem with, with the, the smoke and all that that's going on there with burning the stove. So th- th- I've talked about this a lot lately. We don't do anything in the state anymore. We don't build anything. We don't build bridges. We don't build roads. We don't build pipelines. We don't, and we talk about it, talk about it all the time. There was a road to Juno that and I, yeah. you know, I like Bill Walker. I'm, I think he's great, but he killed the, he killed the Juno road because people, oh. you know, don't want the road. They, they want yeah. like it to be kind of, they like they like the millionaires and tier one retirees that were had their, they got they got theirs. They don't want people coming to Juno, so they kill the road that was funded, and and approved, and would have gone all and the way near, near 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 Haynes. It would have taken big pressure off the ferry, and we don't you know people can just stop things in the state. That's kind of the way the state is right now. People, small groups, of people can stop things from happening, if if they're connected enough, or if they have lawyers, or if they have some kind of access to, or if they just know the system. You know, there's some board or commission you know. or some little obscure thing where you can stop something and this is whether it's oil gas road anything you know even schools we I think cannot school
0: be that state that gets left behind you know growth has to happen and if we fight it we're not doing service to our generation or the ones that are coming you know i, I just went to Haines um, over the weekend for the southeast alaska state fair and I had the joy of taking the Magnuska Ferry at four in the morning. And, you know, but there was, it was packed. It was packed four in the morning and I couldn't bring my car. So I went out there, rented a U-Haul for the parade. And, um, you know, we need roads where we need them. And we need a marine highway system that's robust. And we need growth that can be achieved in a very responsible way. You, because- you, could, you
1: could build the road to almost Haynes. And then you could take a little ferry across and then there'd be more ferries for the golf, you know, for the golf trips and for the areas where you can't build like Kodiak, where you can't build roads. You know, so this is, you know, it's a frustration that I have. Anyway, I want to ask you, so you're running for the U.S. Senate. You're an independent. There's 19 people. I mean, I got to ask you why you're doing that, because there's Murkowski, who's a powerhouse. There's Chewbacca, who's, you know, kind of the alternative to Murkowski on the Republican side, endorsed by Trump. There's this Chesbro who hasn't raised much money, but she's kind of the Democrats pick. And there's now there's 16 others, including you. Why did you decide to yeah. run it? And if you do make it to the fourth spot, which is kind of up for grabs, there's a big discussion about who, who that's going to be. I mean, you're 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 getting into a situation with, you know, Murkowski, very well-funded, very well-known, Chewbacca, Trump-endorsed, and then the Democrat, Chesbro, who's likely going to advance, she's going to have the Democrat machine behind her. So it's a very... I mean it's a very uphill battle, you know that. So I guess why why are you running? And you know, how how do you plan on getting to the fourth spot here in a few weeks?
0: Well, it's what I resonate with, right? I'm an independent nonpartisan and I'm very reflective of the voices of many, many Alaskans. And we think that it's time for a generational representation where an entire generation's voice is not being heard. And I'm for all generations. It's that I also believe in term limits for senators and we have it, to have the three terms. Yes, correct. Uh, what, three uh, terms for senators,
1: 18 years, and oh, that's that, pretty good.
0: 18 years. And we can focus on getting things done rather than reelection. You know, it shouldn't be that we only hear and see things coming to fruition six months before election time.
1: What about, what about, I, I got to ask be, about Ted Stevens. I mean, he was there for shoot on six terms, I think, you know, a long time, um, more than that maybe. And he did a, lot for Alaska with his time in the Preparation Committee.
0: absolutely did. I will not disagree with our Uncle Ted's work, you know, here in Alaska. But having said that, those were exceptions, right? And I'm not saying that people who are staying in power for long won't get things done. But I think as a norm for what we want, you know, as an improved decision-making process, the more voices that come to the table will bring a lot for our state. And when the focus remains on our state, we can get a lot of things done. You know, it's not about career politicians. It's a new wave of politics where we are focused on public service. We see it akin to military service. We don't go in there seeing, you know, how many wars we can fight, right? We go in to serve our country. And I see public service very much like that. You know, we go in, we do our work, we do our best work, make every single day count. And 18 years is a good amount of time to get a lot done. And I'm not saying that, you know, everything happens right away. But when you plan and you execute ex- accordingly, uh, a lot can be done and implemented in a very good amount of time.
1: Sure. So I, I got a comment. There's yeah. a, lot, a lot of lawyer. I, I forget the number, but there's a huge amount of lawyers in the U.S. Senate. And Murkowski is a lawyer and Chewbacca is a lawyer. And you know, you're so i mean i i don't know if you've thought about that but there's 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 for whatever reason a ton of lawyers in, in the u.s senate and in your case now there's a lot of
0: you know here, you know lawyers. i see myself more as a business person uh than a lawyer yes i i do also have that attribute but i think it um you, you know, know I'm also a people, very non- people who have
1: law i mean a lot of people in the senate who have law degrees maybe many of them are i agree, practicing yes. law, but, but they have yes, law degrees.
0: i wonder why we gravitate uh towards this service but i think Part of it is because we do understand the process of government whether with or without political experience, and uh, there's a passion, there's a drive there, and um, I'm bringing dual aspects, right? I do understand the process, but I also have these fresh innovative ideas that you know, that could be implemented to government. And innovation should be a big part of how we do things. We don't have to do things, you know, in a run of the mill kind of a way, but there has to be new energy injected into the process of government. And, you know, I, I tell people that it's not a red wave or a blue wave that's coming. It's an Alaskan wave that's going to hit D.C., and we can we can get things done in a different perspective because we are very different here. We think different. Our work ethic stronger, and um, you know we can bring that to DC. So whatever their le- you know like a- academic credentials are, it's the perspective that we bring and uh, bringing innovation and fresh ideas is key. No matter what your academic background is, you know. And I think everyone can run. You know, Jeff. You know, it, it doesn't matter what someone's academic qualifications are because if someone has the passion and the skill set and the knowledge and and the drive to get something done for for our state and our people or you know serve their country they should run and i encourage everyone you know if they have some commitment and throw your raise you know hat on the raisin go for it
1: so what's your what's your strategy here the primaries in a few weeks there's like i said 19 i'd say three kind of you know, Chewbacca, Murkowski, Chesbro, there's sixteen more folks competing for that fourth spot. What's your strategy to to be because it, it really there's I think it's it, it could be anybody. I mean, there's some couple people that have Edgar, Edgar Blatchford's run a few times. He's got a little bit of ID. There's this Dustin Darden character who was very disruptive in Anchorage politics at <laughs> assembly meetings. He runs for all you know, state house races all the time and he mayor, he gets votes. I mean there's a few other people on there that have some and then there's a bunch of other people who just nobody knows. So I guess, what's the strategy of, of, of your strategy of trying getting to get that fourth spot?
0: Yes. So the others already have their votes, right? And I'm hoping I'll, you know, have yours and also people who really want to change, you know, people who want to see prosperity and future of Alaska being insured. And, you know, show your guns at the ballot box, you know, show up for Gungerstein and by choosing a millennial business person oh, who's focused. For Gungerstein. I think you just
1: might've came up with a slogan there.
0: Oh, thank you. I could see
1: that. Box. I could see that getting, getting some traction.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And I really hope, uh, you know, people do uh, show up for me and show up, you know, like for what we want to stand for and achieve in the state and just. This is your first time running for, for office, self. right? yes
1: you started really you started really high you started at the (laughs) almost almost highest i mean the only thing bigger than that is president so you've started i've run for state senate before and even that's kind of a lift when you have to you know raise money and talk to folks in a district i mean statewide that must it's just very ambitious
0: it's it's a new generation we we go for where the work needs to be done and uh there's a huge generational gap in the senate uh there's only one other senator who would be under the age of 40. you know there's several who are Joel yeah, over jo- the jo- age of uh, yeah from Georgia Cinema's so pretty uh, she's in
1: her 40s right
0: yeah and Joma. I think I believe she is in her late 40s a lot of a lot of old but, in the
1: Senate I think Grassley's up there about 90 uh yeah Einstein you know? you know a lot of these people that have been i mean
0: I think there's like four over the age of 88
1: yeah a lot of a lot of olds in there and then you see you exactly. hear them talk so, or you <laughs> listen to interviews and, and you're like or you're watching committees, committee, you know, you're just like, wow, these, whether it's social media stuff, tech, you're just like, wow, these people aren't really clued into what's really going on.
0: True, but, you know, also there's a lot of wisdom there, but the new generation, we are bringing a lot more and we can address the law and policies that our generation needs and the ones to come. Because we're very centered on the current issues, right? We we can glean a lot from our sitting senators and uh, the ones who are going to pass the baton to us and make sure that things are done in a very expedited manner, in a very responsible way, and we can achieve that growth. And we're making the the decision so we can lead the future. We will be the elders one day and we want to be able to lead the younger generations in a very responsible way. And I, I think that's what I will say to all the listeners by, you know, choosing a millennial business focus, focused person you know we have nothing to lose and a lot and a lot to gain for our state if you if you become the
1: if you become the fourth person there'll be four women on the on the top four that would would be
0: isn't that amazing that would be interesting (laughs) yeah it'd be it'll be a great paradigm for the rest of the country you know i gotta say you're very (laughs)
1: eager you're very ambitious i can tell but i mean you 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 i mean you must be aware of the reality of this is, you know, this is a you know, Murkowski's got huge resources behind her, her, her own resources, McConnell's pack, um, some Republican, national Republicans. And then you got Chewbacca, who's got obviously Trump endorsement. And then, like I said, you got Chesbro, who's going to have the, the Democrat. I mean, ind, independents are, you know, so it's so hard. I don't think there's any. I mean, Bernie Sanders, I guess, is the only independent in the U.S. Senate. So it's so hard because of this two party system. And I know we've got this new rank choice open primary thing, which might have some impact on the. On, on, other smaller races but i mean you 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 have to know i mean it's you're, you're you're going for this is a big one you're going for a big one here
0: true but you'll be surprised jeff it's an independent wave we're gonna we're gonna hit dc because you know most of the state does think you know in this sensible common ground centrist way we we don't really care about the parties when it comes to it you know, that there are people who like you to think that we are very polarized and we are very different, but we're not. We, we like what's the best for our state. We, we come to really good understanding. And all we want is that voice represented. And in D.C., representing Alaska, we only get three voices. And if we're laser focused on what the state needs, we can get the job done. And that's essentially the, the scope of the job in itself, listening. To our people, making sure we're getting what we need when we need it, rather than you know just delaying that longer than it ever should. So I think I have a great chance because I speak that independent wave that we are. We're an independent Alaska. You know, it's not just an independent Gungerstein. it's independent Alaska. And uh, I'm happy to be able to be in the spot to represent our great state. And I really hope that all our voices are heard on August 16th and November 8th. And once I have your votes, I can get to the debate stage, which I think is going to be fascinating because I can hold people accountable for what they're doing and what they should be doing, you know?
1: Well, yeah. And the, you know, it's, we're, it's August 1st today. We're recording this on August 1st. So the early voting started and we're, we're kicking that off. And then the absentees, those started um, going out and the, I think it's due by August 6th. So so we're actually underway right now we're we're you know we're getting pretty close to the and I, I wrote about this in my sunday column yesterday about about this new system which was kind of sold on, on, on all this extra competition and the single primary and it, it feels for me at least i've been here a lot you know since 04 but i've been covering politics for the last five or six years with a landmine and it just feels like not not as exciting or or not not as not as much happening right now two weeks before the primary because before we had these two party primaries and those are very competitive and in many ways and many races decided the race. And now for the Senate race, there's like I said, there's three ones we know are gonna get through. Chesbro, Murkowski, Chewbacca, there's competition for this fourth spot. The governor's race, same thing. Walker, Dunlavey, Gara, they're gonna get through. It's kind of competition for the fourth spot. The house race is even even more clear. I think it's yeah. it's, it's Palin, Begich, Sweeney and Peltola. So there's just, it feels, it feels, very slow and not as not as active as it has in the past two weeks before the primary which i think disadvantages you know people like you smaller you know smaller campaigns without resources because there's not as much focus on these races so you know we had the vote by mail for the june 11 special election this is not vote by mail so it's probably going to be a pretty low turnout for this august primaries are typically lower turnout anyways and there's there's not the ballots being mailed out so yeah
0: no i i mean when politics is moving at the pace that it is, you know, I think it's very important uh, for our voters to get informed on all the candidates that are around. And, you know, I mean, follow my campaign, you know, it's, it's, it's the most exciting campaign that's hit the stage. Get those guns and for Gungerstein, very... right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's show your guns, you know, for Gungerstein of the ballot box. So, you know, I think we, we have a great chance. Uh, if, you we just get our name out there, and people see what I stand for. Because what's not to get behind? You know, a, a budget balancing, monetary reform policy, growth oriented person who's laser focused on getting Alaska what it, you know we need. So I, you know, no, I you, stand for our youth. Our, I stand for every generation.
1: I gotta ask you. Um, I saw something interesting on your candidate statement. You're you're, uh, you're you're advocating for a appears to be a full, or actually a little more than a full dividend. I think you said fifty two fifty.
0: Fifty-two hundred.
1: I got to ask you why you know that's a real hot topic, obviously, and and that's a state you know legislature governor issue. You're running for the U.S. Senate. Why 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 are you taking the the, the big full dividend position um, when you're when you're going for the U.S. Senate?
0: Well, there are many budgetary deficits that we have currently from the federal side, and if we can address that, we can essentially enable the state. To apply the statutory formula and dispense that full amount, that could be fifty two hundred in twenty twenty three, because what do you mean?
1: What, what do you mean? Say that again. We can enable the. You think the, the federal there, government should there have is some a
0: statutory formula, right? And there are a lot of federal funds that we're not getting into the state that we should be getting. For example, for the marine highway, the state expends a lot of money. And they dip into the federal, PFD, and address a lot of that, right? But if we can bring in the federal funds,
1: uh, you're saying you're more fund, more federal for. funds offset the need for the for the state exactly. to pay for exactly. Okay, I see what you're saying
0: exactly. And you know we came close, but not to the amount that we are eligible for. And from I did a lot of budget balancing myself, and I wrote those Excel Excel sheets, and I. I saw that we could really be $5,200 in 2023. So there are very few roadblocks. Depends on that price if I can get into office. Yeah. <laughs> <Price> <laughs> so oil better stay up. Yeah. Well it's been, it is doable.
1: It's been great talking. To you. I want to ask you, have you, have you ever seen Inglorious Bastards? Have you seen that movie?
0: Oh, yeah. I'll watch so, so,
1: so, I mean, the main character is Shoshana. When that came out, I assume people would comment. It was a pretty popular movie. You, you get a lot of yeah, comments about that. my name
0: was completely unknown until uh, Tarantino made that movie. And, and thankfully, I'm, I'm very grateful because now when I say my name, it's not like, what? You know, it's like, oh yeah, of course. How many you people know, have Shoshana, like brought
1: that up to you when you say your name? Oh, Inglorious Bastards.
0: You know, when the movie first came out, it was a lot more than, uh, you know, these days because it's kind of faded uh, from people's memory. But every now and then I will be like, you know, Shoshana, oh yeah, Inglorious Bastards. And again, great movie you know, and, uh, well, I, that, really I mean, love
1: it. with that kind of name, I mean, you're, you're American. Cause you have a little, I mean, were your parents, where are your parents from?
0: Yeah, they're American and I'm a mutt. I'm a super mutt. Uh, I have lots of, uh, different ethnicities and backgrounds, but you know, uh, my dad has uh Israeli background.
1: And you, and you said you speak you speak Hebrew or.
0: Yeah, I speak, I speak Hebrew too. Yeah. A couple of different languages. Yeah, but it's you know of all of all the languages that I speak, you know my I speak Alaskan the most. I understand what it is to live out here, and uh, you know how amazing our nature is. And you know I speak, I speak at the best because my life here is the best life that I'm living because the nature, the the glorious people, and the community that have in Juneau is really remarkable. I'm I'm,
1: I'm half Jewish on my dad's side, so officially. Jews don't don't want me but uh I, I I do joke about the the frozen chosen up here so
0: oh that that's a great the frozen, <laughs> that, the chosen. frozen Adam
1: Wall and Andy Josephson the <laughs> Jewish guys in the legislature they talk about the the frozen chosen
0: I'm gonna remember that Gotcha. <laughs> that, that's really funny the frozen chosen
1: good, good well term. thank
0: you jeff for yeah for thanks for coming on. on troshana so Gungerstein, stein
1: not steen and yes and uh what is it gun guns guns out for gunger guns
0: and beer guns and beer, guns and beer. a gun <laughs> and a cold one a beer stein, stein.
1: I, I love it well um best luck to you in, in the primary here in a few weeks and um either way i'll be back in juno in january so you'll I'm sure you'll be there and we'll have to catch up and sounds good okay well uh we'll grab
0: a beer (laughs)
1: yeah love that take care go to the my the narrows my my favorite bar my friend jared owns there downtown
0: oh yes of course
1: (laughs) thanks again thank you for coming on us have a
0: great fantastic week ahead
1: yep thank uh, you again we'll we'll we'll, uh, talk to you later so and folks if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one